Well, for today, for this episode of Parenting Our Future, I am so excited to be sitting here with Adele Anderson. She is incredible. She is a certified natural medical practitioner. She is an NLP trainer, neuro-linguistic programming trainer. That's what NLP means. So we'll be talking about that throughout the podcast today. And she's also a coach. And quite frankly, she has become my new best friend. She's incredible. We have just been talking a little bit before I hit record on the podcast today. And I cannot wait to share with you the information that she has and how it can help you with your kids and with your parenting. You know, as a parent, I am, and, and as a coach, I'm always looking for new ways to reach our kids, new ways to influence their behavior and, and get cooperation, you know? And I always say that we need to look at behavior as secondary and find out what is going on underneath that behavior. You're listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. So Adele, I would love to just um, ask you and maybe get you to talk a little bit about that whole behavior piece. Um, and then and then I want to talk about a, a mutual friend of ours who came to see you with her son and really what happened there and, and, and how you were able to really help. So first, can, can you tell me, because I know you share the same philosophy as me, that we take behavior as secondary. So could you start there, please? Absolutely, Robin. Thank you for having me on your show. I always say to my clients, behavior is not your child. Oh, behavior, I love it. Yeah, behavior is simply another way that a child communicates. So whether we consider it positive behavior or negative behavior, it simply is a form of communication. So we begin there. And if you'd like to know a little bit more of that, behavior attached to emotions and emotion is attached to physiology mm. have a whole holistic view on what behavior is and that is the trick with NLP because we no longer have to do talk therapy in order to change behavior we can simply change the physiology whoa okay hold on that is Okay, so we no longer have to do talk behavior. Correct. Because we can get right to the source, essentially. Is that what you're saying? We can come at it from a neuroscience point of view. So when I talk about physiology, I talk about heart rate, body temperature, the rate of the heartbeat, mm -hmm. um, the rate of the respiration, mm -hmm. attitude, what it feels like in their body to be in balance, whether it's anger or anxiety or just being fussy, mm. they all have a connection to our physiolo physiological body. Okay. Okay. And you know what? That makes sense because when you think of anger, it is one of our most powerful emotions because it engages every muscle group and organ in our body, right? I mean, you feel it when you're angry, you're gritting your teeth, you're clenching your muscles, you know, your heart is pounding. So that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So neuroscience teaches us that neural pathway, which is a reaction, mm -hmm in a child so we're talking about the limbic brain the middle brain that 
works at 100,000 miles per hour. So we see this explosive type of behavior. When we connect the, you know, bring them into the state. And when you have a child and you work with me, I, I send these tools home with you so that you have them. So mm. we don't actually have to set them into the state, which we do for adults. Adults will come and will then begin to talk about the situation that creates either the anger or mm. the anxiety, what it is, whatever it is. So we have them bring that to their mind fully. Mm. And I run an NLP process with that. Okay. With a child, if they come and they're already in the state, then the physiology is already present. So okay, what, that makes sense. So they're already, if they're agitated, you can already see that they're, that they're physically agitated, whereas an adult, they may be agitated, but they're better at masking okay. and hiding it, coping, coping. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. You know, it's the how are you, I'm fine, and I'm telling <laughs> you, I'm fine can be depressed, angry, suicidal. I'm not fine. I just got diagnosed with something um, that you don't want to say. So I'm fine, again, as that compensated adult. So we want to really know what, you know, what that is. And we can do that through conversation. But with young children, sometimes they don't recognize or children are incapable of actually recognizing stress. We know that um, adults do have trouble with it too. But with a child, oftentimes within an hour, short attention span, we see them enter that state of physiology. Mm. because it's part of who they are and you know they're really cycling through their emotions as they're trying to learn emotional mastery like all of us right so we catch them when they're in that moment when they're in that little moment of bis misbehaving mm -hmm. then you're using air quotes right now misbehaving <laughs> <laughs> there you go we can then run what we call a new code game Okay. Some of them I can, I can use balls. I can use anything that's going to get the body moving. So imagine when a child is at rest, watching a, reading a book, mm -hmm. they have a certain heart rate, respiration, body temperature, state of mind. If they're running outside, throwing a ball, jumping and leaping, you can see that their body Temperature is going to be raised. Their heart rate is going to be raised. Their respiration is going to be raised. So we see a change in the two, the differences in the two physiologies. Okay. Right? So if a child is misbehaving, they're in a certain state emotionally. Right. Physically. Right. What we then do is we play a game. Okay. A new code game. And so one of them is for simplicity. Uh, I carry, I have two balls, one in each hand, and we're just going to pass them back and forth as we say the alphabet. You say A, I say B. You say okay. C, I say D. Gotcha. This movement of the body, along with focusing the brain on a single-minded action, mm -hmm. mindfulness, changes their physiology. Huh, okay. What happens neurologically is that little neural pathway dissolves because we've given it a different pattern so that neural pathway dissolves. So I talk about neural pathways. I also talk about the lower, middle, and higher brain. So you and I are completely aligned in what we talk about. Um, and I talk about the low, middle, and high brain in my book. And um, we'll always talk about the brain. Brain science is huge. And understanding 
your child in, in also helping you in parenting. But so what you're saying, and that's new information for me that you can, you can dissolve a neural pathway that quickly. What if it's been there for years? Yeah. Well, I run timeline exercises and I can take, I mean, it's, it sounds unbelievable, mm -hmm. but I can take sadness. The five most common emotions that get stuck right. in our brain are anger, sadness, guilt, uh, worry, and fear. Okay. The generic, they're really generalized, aren't they? Mm. Where does shame fit in there? Um, maybe under guilt, maybe guilt. under anger. Who mm. knows? It's like, I always say it's like a spider web. When you feel sad, what happened when you felt sad when you were 10, when you were five, when you were 30? All of those sad are connected. Okay, well, you know what I was, um, so, okay, I don't want to interrupt you, but here's what I was thinking. You, you and I have this mutual friend whose son was dealing with some pretty heavy stuff at school, uh, and he's only five years old, and it was a pretty serious situation. So maybe we can get an idea of what it is that you do through this story. Um, would you, can, can we kind of go into that? Absolutely. Okay. So our mutual friend came with her son. There was some disturbing things happening in the background of their community where a bunch of children were talking about suicide and they were young. They were kindergartens, one grade one year olds. And it created quite an imbalance in her son where he was out of sorts. Normally from being a, you know, helpful little guy at home, he became quite destructive okay. where he wasn't as helpful. He was literally bouncing from chair to chair in my office, jumping on his mom as I was, you know, having a conversation with her, hitting her like he would jump full force, you know, hands landing on her head, and slapping her. And, and this was his behavior, whether he wanted to get her attention or he was just, you could see that he was really not himself. And this was not typical behavior for him. Is that correct? Not before the incident, the incident within the community. It was okay. a complete change in his behavior. So there was a beginning to this. And then what we did, we used a new code game. So a new code game, if you can imagine a chart, okay. and, and it has five words across the top and the, the words are repeated. There, it's, 10 rows deep. So I guess 50 words all together. And the words are red, green, and blue. Okay. They're repeated just like you read a book, 10 okay. lines long. Okay. Colors are mismatched to the word. So red might be colored blue. Green might be colored red. Oh, that's tricky. <laughs> might be colored green. And they change. Okay. So the first time we go through them, we just ask them to say the color okay which with an adult we have to bypass it's a two-step process because we can read mm -hmm. and then we have to identify the color different part of our brain mm -hmm. so it's actually a little juxtaposed to not say the word but to say the color so this little boy he was five he could he could you know understand a few words but it wouldn't have been his strong point. He could say the colors, and that's what I wanted. Okay. So he went through, he said the colors. On the second round through the chart, we add the right hand up. So you throw your right hand up when the color is red. 
You throw your left hand up when the color is blue, <laughs> and you clap when the color is green. Oh, for Pete's sake, I, I'd be lost. <laughs> yeah, but there's still a third point process. Okay, so, so your right hand up if it's red. Correct. Left hand up if it's green. Left hand up if, if it's blue. If it's blue, and then clap if it's green. Correct. Okay, gotcha. And, and so, round. okay, yeah. Three rounds. So you can see that there's activity and mental focus. So you're mixing the physical with the mental. Correct. Gotcha. So we are then on round three. When the right hand goes up for red, the left hand goes, or the left foot goes out. Oh my goodness. When the, when the letter, when the color is blue, the left hand goes up, the right leg goes out. Okay. And when the color is green, we clap and jump. Okay. Okay. So, so what is the result? It's a little bit like YMCA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'd be falling down, I think. So, so how, okay. So t just, you know, what is that? What is the result of doing that? So the result is, is that we've taken them from a behavior where they are maybe scattered and they're running a pattern of behavior in their limbic brain. Okay. Which is lightning fast, 100,000 miles per hour. Right. And we are going to focus them on doing something that's fun because they find it fun. Usually they laugh. You know, you'll get some giggles and you'll get that with all ages. Okay. But what happens is we focus their brain away from their normal pattern of behavior and we increase their respiration, their heart rate, their body temperature for starters by having them do an activity. And so the result is? Changed physiology. Change physiology. And how does that then help him with his fear and suicide? It no longer exists because the brain can't track it. You are currently listening to the Parenting Our Future podcast. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And I would be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating over iTunes. If something I've said today has sparked your interest, I'd love to further the conversation. So please connect with me at www.parentingforconnection.com or on social media, which is linked in the show notes. Now, back to the show. So just, just to clarify, before you start this red, green, blue, or, or you, before you start it with her son, are you asking him to think about it? Are you asking him to, um, he's just in this, in this state of unsettledness, and you do this. And because, sorry, just because he is unsettled about the suicide and the fear and, and all this, this stress that he's dealing with, because he's already in that state, this helps to erase it. Yeah. I don't think that he knew exactly the, the idea behind his behavior. Mm -hmm. We just understood within the community that this was prevalent. Right. That his behavior changed around that period of time. So we right. think that somebody messed with him. Right. You know, um, we don't really know that. Okay. What so, we have is the resulting behavior. And the results after, so you, you're doing this, um, this dance, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> and, and his behavior changed. He completely, um, it completely dissolved his behavior. 
he sat cross-legged on the floor and petted the dog. Wow. Quiet, introspective. Wow. Responding to his mum. And that has lasted for several months now. I know that when our mutual client uh, friend, uh, I've given her a chart at home. Yes. And every once in a while, she will take the children when they are, you know, their behavior is not what they want. And right. she will now run the game with them herself. What if they don't want to do it? You know, they don't. It's fun. It's, it's fun. fun for one thing. So I switch it up. Like I have uh, another young boy who's about six and a half and he likes to bounce balls. Okay. So, so we bounce balls back and forth to each other. So we have right left hand coordination. He mm -hmm. has to pay attention and mm -hmm. we do the alphabet. Okay. So what you're saying is, and this is fascinating that if your child is in crisis of some sort, or has some prevalent behavior that is destructive, is not balanced, that you can help them create lasting change in a specific behavior through NLP. Correct. Holy cow. Yeah. Now, if they're, I mean, and parents may have experienced, um, I mean, this is a very specific thing so that people understand. But you get the idea of how a child's behavior changes. For example, they're in the house, they're antsy, they're misbehaving, and you take them outside and play. You have them go run it off, and all of a sudden they become an, a different kid. People say, right. oh, my kids are so much better if they're just outside playing. That's true. This is the same idea, mm -hmm. but we're using it to our advantage, mm -hmm. but adding the neuroscience component. We're yes. being very specific in what we're asking. Okay. We need to have the mental focus as well. Okay. You know, Adele, I have about a million questions for you. <laughs> um, and I would love it if I could invite you back because I want to talk about I want to talk, well, selfishly, I want to talk about my, my, my child. I want to talk about ADHD and I want to talk about anxiety and how you can uh, affect some change because I'll tell you what, ADHD and anxiety are things that I hear all the time from parents and they really want some help with that. So I would love it if I can invite you back to talk about that. But before we go, I want to know if you can give us some Jedi mind tricks that I know you have, some uh, magic words, power words, and command words. To me, that is just the coolest thing. And you told me a couple of them, but I don't know all of them, so I want to know. And for everybody listening, we're going to put these words, these phrases in the show notes. So it'll be there for you, for you to use with your kids and maybe even your spouse, right? Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Can we hear some? Sure. So we call them, well, there's three different ones. Okay. Every child has their own personal transwords and you can find what these special words are by asking them about things that they love to do. So you have three different uh, activities or things that they enjoy and you write down the words that they use to describe that and then you'll see the words repeat in each one of those three categories 
Now, these are their personal trance words. They bypass the resistance of the conscious brain. Okay. So if you want to make an activity fun, you want to make sure you use those words because they think when, when they're having fun, this is how they describe something. So that's personal trance words. Magic words are a way for us to stimulate a person's imagination. It distracts, it paints a picture, and it activates the senses. So as we know, as you already know, so I can, this is a, another little phrase that I can use. I don't have to tell you so that you already know. You don't have to tell you because I, you already know. Exactly. That our expression or our experience of our outer world comes in through our senses. Our subconscious mind takes in what we see, taste, smell, feel, and hear. I do so, already know that. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> gotcha, okay. This is how we experience our world, through our senses. So we want to use words that activate those sensory expressions. So if I can ask you to imagine bringing a fresh, bright yellow lemon up to your mouth and taking a bite. And what happens? Your salivary glands. <laughs> right, right. You can also create associations, which things that don't normally go together. So, you know, we always say, oh, they're just like peas and carrots. Well, how can a couple be just like peas and carrots? But we take a well understood thing like peas and carrots to go well in a meal, and we, we, that associate that with, a two, with two people, which makes the other people around us understand that those people are tight. They're like peas and carrots. Okay. Draw associations. And, you know, using metaphors. So, for example, here's, um, here's one you probably have all used, is singing a lullaby. The combination of the lullaby and the words become almost like a meditation for the child. Right. So, so, so these are the little key things. So, uh, so are there, are there some phrases though that are sort of quick and easy to use that parents can kind of have in their back pocket? Like I don't need to tell you because you already know is one of them, right? What other things can you use quickly that are that are across the board maybe more generic not as specific well i can use you would be surprised if and and what does that do it allows them to be curious and okay. in the curiosity we have their attention okay sometimes they are not paying attention to what mum says so if you can engage curiosity, you've got their attention. Okay. Another one would be, I know you want to be seen as a kid who. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. so a kid who is responsible. A kid who is clever. A kid who is athletic. A okay. Kid who does, you know, who's, who is liked. So, okay. So, so let's pause there for a second. So I know you want to be a kid who is liked. Then what's the rest of that sentence? So, not being a jerk? Yeah, like you can <laughs> always- I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I mean, what, what, what do I follow that up with? Well, who doesn't get in trouble, who, who obeys, you know, 
who keeps in line with things. You can, you can elaborate on it in your own context, but for example, if you want a child to be home at a certain time at night, mm -hmm. so rather than telling them they have to be home at 10 or at 11, they will most likely ignore that. <laughs> you could say to them, you probably already know what time I'd like you home tonight. Okay. Okay. Right? And then they make the decision themselves, which is a much more powerful way to engage the brain. Okay. Once we get buy-in, then that's half the, half the battle. Half the battle. Okay. So, um, okay. Okay. I get that. You know, I know that it really helps to put the words in the situation. So let's say I have a child who is, um, is rude to me is rude and says, shut up to me all the time. What would you do? What, what could I do? What could the parents listening do when they have a child like that? And, and you can replace shut up with, I hate you. Sh shut up with, you know, stop talking to me, get away from me. You know, those sorts of things. What, what would you say? Mm -hmm. So using your child's first and middle name is powerful. It becomes more of a command. Using the word now becomes a command. And you can, you can say something like, I really don't know what you want me to do when you say shut up. Imagine what would happen if you did say that to your mom. Mm. That work out for you. So again, we're not asking anything of them. These are, these are the key words. If we ask them to imagine something. Okay, so I, I don't know what you're really asking me to do right now. And I don't know drops resistance because you're telling them you don't know. Okay, so saying I don't know, hmm. is and you're going to say this in a neutral way, right? You're not going to say, I don't know what you don't want, what you, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> See, I couldn't even say it. I was, I was getting worked up. <laughs> um, but, but you, you want to say in a calm way and, and parents take a breath, take a pause before you go there. If you're agitated yourself. I don't know what you're asking me to do right now. Imagine if you didn't speak to me that way. Is that right? Yeah. Or what, what life would be like if we didn't have to have these conversations. Imagine what life would be like if we didn't have these conversations. Imagine what life would be like if we could both speak to each other with respect. Exactly. Does that work? Okay. And adding the word really, I really don't know is even stronger than I don't know. Okay, I really don't know. Okay, I'm gonna say it one more time. I really don't know what you're asking me to do right now. And babe, honey, sweetie, can you imagine, or, or their first and middle name, right? No, that seems too harsh. Well, it depends on where you're going. If you want to okay. command, then you use their first and uh, middle name. That's what you said, okay. So, babe, can you imagine what it would be like if we could have conversations where neither of us got mad and we could talk to each other really nicely and with respect. Can you imagine how great our relationship would be? Mm -hmm. That would be okay. Yeah. And the other one that drops more resistance or more gets more attention than yes, is the word because adding because, and then something that's important to them actually creates a stronger impact. So, for example, if you said, um, imagine what life would be like if we, if we had harmony in the house, because 
I know that you love when we get along or you know that what a great time we have when we're on vacation or mm. bring it into um, an understanding of when they were having fun. Let me give you one more scenario and I'm asking you on the fly. What if your child has homework and they don't want to do it? Okay. So it's important that you don't use the word don't because <laughs> don't gets dropped from our mind. Okay. So you can ask them to imagine what it would be like if you actually did your homework. Imagine what school would be like if you studied for the exam. Mm -hmm. How easy it would be. So there, there's, you know, I, I, under, I know that you want to be seen as a kid who excels. Mm -hmm. So imagine what it would be like if you did your homework every night. Yeah, I like that. And I know you want to be seen as a kid who excels, or I know you want to be seen as a kid who. Yeah, who. Smart, yeah. or does good work. Does yeah, great. Exactly. Okay. Okay, good. I think that's, I think that's really great. And, and so you'll give us uh, those in the show notes for us to practice. I'm going to be practicing that. And, um, and then I'd really love to have you back to talk about ADHD and anxiety, because I think you have some ways to really help kids to calm down. Um, and I, I'm sure that goes for parents too, but we really want to talk, you know, what, what can we do for our kids when they're feeling anxious and if they're having trouble focusing? Because it is a really big struggle for a lot of parents and for a lot of kids. So Adele, thank you so much. And I want to invite everybody to your podcast which is called Mind Your Freedom. I like what you did there, little mind, mind your freedom. And, uh, and that is available on every podcast platform. You know, Adele is a master at what she does and, uh, and I can't wait to have you on again. All of your information is in the show notes and, uh, and, and I really hope that if you are struggling with some extreme behavior or your own big emotions that you look for Adele and her work and, uh, and see, reach out to her and see if she can support you in your journey as well. So thank you so much, Adele. I look forward to talking to you again. Thank you, Robin. It was really fun. There's oh. so much more to share. And I'm happy to do that. So I look forward to the next time that we have this conversation. Oh, fantastic. So to be continued. Absolutely. All right. Well, bye for now. <laughs> bye. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my podcast, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who wish to get in contact with me directly, all my details are on my website, www.parentingforconnection.com. And of course, I have all my details in the show notes. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection. Peace.